0: My mission and all of that was to get people who are lost in the system out. And then I started in my own healing journey wanting to offer that to others as well. And so that's when I started delving more into the healing arts to integrated energy therapy where I became a master integrated energy therapist and recognizing that the nine cellular memory areas of our body correlate with specific emotions.
1: Welcome to Into the Light Podcast. This is where we will be discussing and exploring all things Ascension. Ascension journey, Ascension journey mapping, and understanding how we can deepen and increase our spiritual and healing journey, along with understanding concepts around the global consciousness awakening that's happening, quantum energy healing, personal growth and enlightenment trauma healing, and so much more as we learn together from experts in the field. I'm your host, Adina Movana, and I appreciate you taking the time to join me today. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to Into the Light. I'm your host, Edina Movana. Today we have Jennifer Regular. Jennifer is known as the Soul Illuminator. She's a visionary who's dedicated to helping individuals unlock their passion and live a purposeful life to make a meaningful impact. With a deep understanding of the challenges that come with being driven by multiple interests, Jennifer offers guidance to align one's passions and take inspired action. Jennifer specializes in guiding spiritual change makers to manage their time and energy effectively, enabling them to reach their full potential without burning out. With extensive experience as a founder, coach, shamanic healing practitioner, and energy therapist, Jennifer combines her academic background, in psychology with a soul-centered approach to empower others and facilitate their personal and spiritual growth. I love that so much, Jennifer. Welcome. Thank you so much. It's so exciting. And
0: hearing that back is just like, oh man, I I love so much what I get to do and share that kind of love with the world.
1: (laughs) Yeah, totally. And it sounds like I I love how you have kind of a multifaceted background. And today we're going to be talking about redefining your path and Finding your soul purpose and all the all the things involved with spiritual wellness, and it sounds like you have a great background as a as a therapist and was a like education and helping people prevent burnout while also finding their kind of soul purpose, right? Which is mm-hmm. what so many of us are working on these days.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, and the more we can align ourselves with that, the less we have to burn ourselves out.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. That's like the solution, right? The magic pill to keeping ourselves happy and healthy. And so, yeah. It's Tell me a little bit about what got you into this work. Like, what's your background? How did you end up going from sounds like maybe a more traditional career path into something more like energy work and and all of that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I can say so many things because people talk about their past lives, right? But in this lifetime, I feel like I've had multiple past lives (laughs) just within this earth walk. And so there's been a lot of influences during that time and but you're asking specifically, like how I got into the more traditional way into like some of the alternative methods. Of yeah, like, people. yeah, yeah. And instead so, of just going
1: to be a normal therapist, it sounds yeah. like you really have this more spiritually led direction.
0: Totally. Yeah. And what's interesting, because I went to university thinking I was going to be a clinical forensic psychologist. That was mm-hmm. the goal back then, right? So back in, I think, yeah, 1990 something, early 90s. Going to university thinking that's the path I was gonna take. I wanted to be like an FBI profiler kind of person when actually did my BA thesis on serial killing. Just critical analysis of behavior and personality and just trying to figure out how people get into the darkness and what motivates them and how they end up being so focused in that kind of area. And then Things completely changed, and I went into the light <laughs> in a whole different direction. Uh, what ended up happening between my third and fourth year of university, my father passed away, mm-hmm. and that was really, really devastating for me. We were absolutely inseparable. He was my rock, and he was a big influence in my life, actually, and a strong sense of security, of safety, of nurturing, of deep understanding. Even though he was a plumber, he was also clairvoyant, and I had I started, my psychic abilities started revealing themselves in childhood as well, like my earliest recollection be six years old. And so we just had this different level of understanding with each other. And when he died, it was extremely difficult for me, and I wasn't sure, to be honest with you, how I was going to continue on in my life without him. And I didn't realize actually how much of a strong influence he was. I knew at that time that it was really hard to take him not being around. But it wasn't until many years later when I was in, so how many years later? About 10 years later or so after that, after his death, I was in a marriage that was very dysfunctional, dispiriting is what I would like to call it. I didn't feel like myself at all. I didn't have that enthusiasm, that excitement for life anymore because I was so broken down by what was happening to me through me around me and it came to the point where I had to leave for my safety and I thought to myself what's the one thing that I can take and just leave with right because and um, because I didn't have time to like pack up or do all of those kind of things I didn't even know where I was going but you know what I grabbed Adina was this little picture I had of my dad and I and I was sitting in a diaper box where he used to stroll me around in, right? And I took that picture. That was the one thing that I took with me. And then I started working with who became my shamanic teacher, counselor, soul care provider, Reiki teacher, all of the things from this one amazing woman named Deborah Carter. And she helped me understand actually what that picture represented for me. What I was actually taking was that sense of safety, security, connection to a relationship that was real i'm not I'm talking about in the romantic sense in this way but just having that quality of feeling connected feeling safe feeling supported was what i wanted to take with me and so during that third and fourth year when i was trying to decide how i was going to move on whether I was going to continue my third or fourth year i decided i would just continue with my three year general, which I had already qualified for, I took a year off, helped my mom out through a lot of things that she needed support with, having her husband after decades <laughs> pass away. And then I did go back and I finished my thesis, but I wasn't wanting to follow that path of being a clinical forensic psychologist. Grants were no longer supported back then. I didn't I was choosing, okay, do I want to have this or do I want my master's, my PhD? <laughs> like making different choices. Because when a loved one dies, then we really start to look at things from a different lens, a different perspective. And a lot of loss, not just that one, helped me really get in touch with what we truly value and using our time and energy in the best way, recognizing how precious every moment is. So it was really a moment of reflection, a moment that lasted years and continues on in our spiritual journey. But it just made me question my direction, where I was going, if that's really what I wanted to do, and decided that it wasn't. I did start working with federal offenders when I left just with my BA. I didn't go on to be a psychologist, but I got my, I ended up getting my honors degree and then worked in social services for over 20 years with different populations. In witnessing, overall, those broad populations, all the different barriers and limitations that we carry and the systemic issues that come up through domestic violence, addictions, homelessness, mental health, physical health, federal, the correctional system. Like I worked in all of those areas. And my mission and all of that was to get people who are lost in the system out. And then I started in my own healing journey wanting to offer that to others as well. And so that's when I started delving more into the healing arts to Integrated energy therapy, where I became a master integrated energy therapist, in recognizing that the nine cellular memory areas of our body correlate with specific emotions. And so, learning to release that and those imprints that keep us stuck in those repeating patterns in our lives so that we can integrate a higher vibrational frequency that attracts different kinds of people and situations into our life for evolutionary growth. And so, I continued on my own journey of that and learning more and then sharing it with others as well and doing shamanic work with the deep soul work, right? Life after healing, what then? And then started including the psycho-spiritual counseling that went along with the energy work and the shamanic practices and all of that. And it was really then that I learned my mission. Ultimately, no matter what form my work took or my business took, it was all about guiding the destiny of souls into their most empowered way of being. And when we look at soul as an acronym, it's sending out universal love. And we get to do that from the heart, from the soul, no matter what role we're taking on, whether we're a parent, whether we're a psychologist, whether we're an entrepreneur, whether we're Johnny the bagger that Jack Canfield talks about, who is putting affirmations in people's grocery bags at the in the lineups and the impact he had just through what seemed like a mundane trivia kind of job that we don't think of as being such a profound, impactful, inspirational kind of role did because he was so aligned with how he wanted to be sending out that universal love and found a way to do that in the way that he could. And so this is what gets me super excited is really being able to connect people with their passion, what they're here and feeling drawn to share. And the way I see passion, Nadina, when you break up the word, it's pass I on. That I is your soul's expression of what you're here to pass on in this lifetime. And that's what I got to hear in all those funerals that I went to from all the different losses I experienced, hearing what people spoke about. It was the person's spirit, their core essence, the relationship, the connection they had with them, the lessons they were taught, the lessons they were learned through that. whether they were an adversary versus like someone who's antagonistic or one that was um, supportive. We, Either way, we're growing and we're learning and we're becoming who we are by reflecting on the deeper meaning of those relationships, of those lessons. So that's a long-winded answer. <laughs> no, I love rest. it. I love it. Yeah, no, I
1: love, I love the little acronyms and easy to remember like PASI on and Uh, Soul is uh, sending out universal love and and, in aligning with that, that being the meaning of having a soul is having that purpose to align with love. So I haven't heard those acronyms before, I'm definitely gonna use those to help me remember some of these things. And yeah, I I just I I love hearing, like the scope of what what drives your passion and how you you obviously have now been doing this work for so long. And I, I'm curious a little bit about who you work with specifically, because I know you you mentioned like in the intro that we're talking about spiritual change makers managing their time and not going into burnout. Or maybe are you are you working with uh, like individual clients who are beginning their entrepreneurial careers or just people trying to, to heal on their own, like after I think you mentioned like finding the the way out of this spiritual awakening process. Like who are you really working with ideally as your clients right now?
0: Yeah. So I work with innovative light leaders is how I categorize it, right? So the black sheep of the families, the ones that have learned to follow their calling coming out of their corporate career into their calling or the career into their calling. So those that have felt purpose-driven from a very young age and mostly they're visionaries. And what I help visionaries understand is that it's their energy and their passion that creates the greatest impact. And so helping them to manage that energy and recognize their true passion, their past eye on, can support them in having the greatest impact, being significant in their journey so that they can create for others what they've experienced. Because how I see balance is being able to live your truth. Right. And that's what I was talking about at the very beginning, how if we can stay aligned with our soul path, then there's a lot less of the overwhelm and the burnout in trying to be something that we're not, or mm-hmm. get real dialed in and tuned into who we truly are and live and work and serve from that space. And so these are people that have been purpose-driven from a young age who knew that there was something more that felt called to something greater have been a helping professional in the past might have been a caregiver in the past it's also part of who they are now and i tend to work with people who are messengers who are speakers who are authors who are change makers wanting to make that impact who are speaking up so i've had them on guests in my wake up and change the world global summits and i've had them on my weekly podcast awaken and ascend and that's also taken many forms It's was called a couple other things before but being able to provide those platforms for people to really share that message and really send that out, right? To send that out to everybody who's ready to hear it, who wants to hear it, who needs to feel that inspiration. Because when we have become so dispirited, we need that spark lit to really build the momentum and to be able to sustain it. So, yeah, I work with the innovative light leaders, the ones that are here on that mission and feel collectively called to be supporting each other at this time, to wake up and change the world. And so there's group programs, I don't do one to one so much, I do offer that like in a VIP day kind of thing where we spend the morning on the healing aspect of the journey, and then the afternoon in the empowerment phase
1: to really reset their path and purpose, basically. Wow, I love that. Yeah, I was curious about the different modalities that you use, because it sounds like you have a lot of diverse background, you have shamanic healing training, you have different uh, energy techniques that you mentioned to, to increase the vibrational energy frequency. So I was curious about, yeah, how do you integrate multiple holistic techniques or modalities in your work to really get those results for, for this for your clients?
0: Yeah, absolutely. There is an eight week program that I offer a couple of times the year through the year called Own Your Purpose and each week we're building on that from beginning to end and really starting in on the soul care about grounding ourselves and noticing where we are and starting from that place and then building it up to sustain our well-being and the momentum throughout the course and then by the end of it really own our purpose right like be ready to take a stand for what we believe in what we're here to share and pass that eye on and then, yeah, through the VIP, we do that. So with the energy work, I don't necessarily advertise it in that way. When people come in, all of, it turns out that all the people that I've interviewed up to this point all around the world, no matter what cultural background they had, religious, spiritual background they had, where they've been living geographically, astrologically, what their signs are, what their human design is, no matter what, <laughs> that kind of makeup all kind of have the same story didn't really have a sense of belonging a way of relating with each other when we were younger having very empathic qualities many of them are actually empaths and then wanting that something more that there's something bigger that their biggest fear is not living their mission and purpose not being able to fulfill that in this lifetime and being so driven to be able to to do that in some way right to make that difference And so what comes up when we're meeting and we're talking is like, they end up talking about things that they never shared with anyone, Mm -hmm. or they're talking about the past trauma that they learn to overcome and to embrace so that they can live their lives fully. Because if we keep bypassing (laughs) those emotional things or feel shame for feeling like we're not good enough, you know, sometimes I'll do workshops on the truth about imposter syndrome because it's interesting how that affects overachievers right. overachievers are the one that suffer from imposter syndrome the most right. feeling like we need more credibility or more training or more something to be able to offer the something more that we want to give right, right. and and that comes down to shame for right. not living from our own truth from trying to do something different from how we're being called to and that's what creates the chaos and the confusion but, the burnout from expending our energy and our time in ways that don't aren't like supportive for us or losing our ability to trust our inner knowing because we didn't follow our intuition. Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Totally. yeah. 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 I feel like it's, it's that path to uh, authenticity, what we all are striving towards in, in this journey is, is to be able to live out from that. From that like highest vibrational frequency of authenticity, and then kind of eliminate the guilt and the shame and the different programs that we've been that have been have been constructed in this process of not only this lifetime, but also, I know you mentioned past lives and all of that stuff. So tell me a little bit about because I, I know you mentioned working with different people from different faiths. I, I come from a Muslim background. And sometimes even getting into work around past life regression is seen as not not allowed or forbidden. It's like not we, we, we have these obstacles to even sometimes do this work in the first place, especially uh, a lot of Muslims will only work with people of the same faith when it comes to spiritual work and things yeah. like that. So yeah, tell me a little bit about your religious background. And maybe how, how have you had to, like, kind of deconstruct your own programs in order to then build it back up and work with people from all different types of faiths or traditions in, in the work that you do? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Just to clarify, though, I don't, actually I don't, personally do past life regression work. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But just have an understanding <laughs> <Yeah>. of that. <laughs> just in case someone's looking for that, like I can refer yeah. you for sure, but I don't do it myself. Okay. But, yeah. Um, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up Catholic. I grew up going to Catholic school, Christian beliefs and so on. Going to church, not so much like in the strict Orthodox kind of Catholicism, but I did um, have those teachings and understandings. And I found it really limiting that after I got to choose what high school I did a couple of years at the Catholic high school and decided I'm having to spend all these times in the religion classes that I don't feel are supporting me. And I mm-hmm. want to take all of these other kinds of courses. Again, how do we use our time and energy, right? And so so I decided to go to public school because it had more to offer what I wanted to be learning and can grow from myself. And so I had the flexibility to do that because my family wasn't strict in that kind of upbringing and so i was able to explore different ways you know i the vedic practices agni Otra, the going to the ashram going to the buddhist monastery and learning from them going to harry krishna events and learning from them going to shamanic for apprenticeship training for since 2008 we're in 2024 right now so that many years ago in the shamanic work and What else? Just recognizing the universal truths, kind of having it go through my own belief system and what feels right and resonant for me at any given time. When drawing on those practices and those teachings, including um, Native spirituality as well, I had a very strong kinship with for many, many years. And at times becoming disillusioned by each one for different reasons and also becoming curious and grateful for how that was supporting me through that time. So I feel like I've had a lot of different mentors and teachings and learnings along the way that support me. And this is what I think is important too, because we, we I'm using that generally, it may or may not resonate with you or with anyone else, necessarily with everyone that's listening, but we tend to put people in these different boxes. And that's kind of what's limited us and boxed us in literally for so many years, centuries, lifetimes, right? <laughs> and We can break that by just moving outside of that, recognizing the door through that and connecting with the higher power, our higher selves, the higher power of our own understanding. One that supports the idea of love because in Catholicism, I found when there was hymns being sung and so on, I'm like, it sounded nice, sounded good and everyone was in melody and harmony and wishing good peace be with you and then they'd go out and fight each other to get out the driveway in time when we hawking at each other it's, it's, it's just, the same
1: at the it's the same at the all the religion at the mesjib <laughs> and be with you is our saying but yet we're yeah, everyone's fighting to get yeah. out of the parking lot at, after the prayer <laughs>
0: and, and then one day I'm saying the songs are sounding nice but then I'm, I'm looking at the words and then I actually started thinking about that not just following along but like this is like really bad <laughs> It's almost like nursery rhymes right like I don't know how kids don't have nightmares after rock. Yeah, ring around the 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 (laughs) rosy. It's like, it sounds nice. It's a lullaby, but listen to the words. Like, yeah. So I think it's important to question and to really listen and understand and reflect is, is this true for me? You know? And uh, I just found it really fear-based and I didn't like that. And then I had a Friend too, that was very, very religious. And I had friends that were Jewish. And I had friends friend, growing up in Toronto for the first 18 years of my life. I was very privileged to have exposure to a lot of different nationalities and that were still kept in integrity. It wasn't like a melting pot, you know. And so there's those boxes and that what kind of exposures we have, what influences we have, what kind of boxes we are put into. But also recognizing ourselves as spiritual beings, having this human experience, recognizing that we are multisensory beings having living multidimensional lives. So it's all of the things, right? It's not just being Muslim or being Catholic or being Jewish or all of that stuff. Those are all aspects of who we are. Those are all things that we may take in that help support us and provide some sort of structure for guiding our life path. And then at some point, we get to choose whether that really resonates with us. Does that really speak to who we are? Is that true for me? And, and being able to live life on our own terms and making sure that we're not going along with that just for approval or just for acceptance or validation or because we're fear we fear God or fear punishment or repercussion or... I never really liked any kind of religion that discriminated against other people that judged or came from a place of fear that those kind of beliefs never really resonated with me. And it's not like I'm judging that. It's just like, no, thank you for me. Right? Like, again, directing our time and energy to what's life supportive for us. And we get to choose what we will and will not participate in. And that's a shamanic practice, actually, when we get into these ego battles or things that feel threatening it's like I will not participate in that yeah and take a stand I will not participate in that and so yeah I, think, yeah I don't think it's any one thing any one path that we have but they are they all influence different aspects of who we are and wake up those parts of ourselves but I encourage people to be curious about those other parts of ourselves so that we can live more fully
1: yeah, I love how you describe that so beautifully with not only your experience of delving into different traditions and the Dharmic faiths and different types of shamanic work and Eastern traditions and pulling elements of everything that you that you kind of saw along the way in order to break down the the fear based systems that you might have been programmed with or that we see being so problematic. And I think we talk a lot in the spiritual community about the illusions of separation being the 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 biggest dividing factor between us and God and how in this global consciousness awakening and the spiritual awakening process, what we're really aiming to do is to move into that understanding of unity consciousness and that we're that oneness with God and then having to do that work to break down those constructs of like the separation problems, the problematic programs that are all keeping us in those little boxes that you described. So and then even like you mentioned, doing that doing that inner work on the ego and making sure that we're not injecting that and operating from that point of view, but from rather that place of more a more loving frequency. And so that's just that's just so important. And I really think that what you described is talking about that unity consciousness approach and how we have, well, how we end up moving in that direction. And also where you talked about us being multi-dimensional, multi-faceted. And I'm curious if you work with your clients, I, I know I get this question a lot about how to get onto our best and highest timeline, or how do we understand this Quantum leap process, or working in this law of attraction stuff, where we're going to want to live on our best and highest self timeline, and not on these other timelines. Like, how do you how do you break that down for your clients? I'm curious because I know that it's a kind of a complicated thing to wrap your head around when you're like, oh, this this is a multi dimensional reality, and you can be on these different timelines, and how do we get on our highest timeline? So, how do you really help? get your your clients to understand that concept and then end up having these transformational results where they're on their their highest and best self kind of timeline <laughs> yeah
0: well the simple answer would be yeah to, that not try to get to anything to not try to acquire rather to be able to tune into it to attune yourself to those frequencies, to attune yourself to your own natural rhythms, to cultivate spaciousness so that you can allow inspiration to come in and be able to act on it to create the greatest impact. And so living in our highest timeline is really aligning to our soul path, right? And tuning into our own natural rhythms, being able to be internal and face externally. So it's healing the relationship with the self to coming home to the self. And that can be done through, for instance, shamanic work. There's a lot of different paths and avenues we can take back into ourselves. But it's those beneficial interactions that support the beneficial interactions, how we're relating with others in the world and with our work and with our purpose even. And understanding how we're directing our time and energy. So I'm coming back to that again because there's a couple ways we can look at that. One is through obligation and living in a fog and we talk about acronyms, fear, obligation, and guilt. That fog, <laughs> that dense, obscure place where we're just kind of <laughs> kind of trusting our instincts and moving along and we're in that kind of space. We can move out of fear into love. We can move out of obligations into our passion. So that's why I find it so important to ignite that passion, that I that people are here to pass on and be able to align with that and tune into their own, own energy that supports that so that they can sustain their well being and sustain the momentum and the transformation they're having for themselves and being able to create for others as well. And then there's the idea of instead of desperation, like how do I get to that highest level timeline or how do I get to have that kind of impact I want to have in the world? How do I get to that soul-filled business success? How do I get to, I don't know, I want to go to New Zealand. How do I get to New Zealand now? <laughs> I am going to be there next week. But instead of grasping at those things and acting out of desperation, I have to do this, I must do this, and mm-hmm. moving out of adrenaline, instead, we just take a minute, <laughs> pause, consciously connect, and move from a place of inspiration. So rather than desperation, moving from inspiration. So I was saying about giving some spaciousness for that, giving ourselves some room to breathe so that inspiration can come and then we can act on that. And being able to take inspired action then. Mm -hmm. Everything we need is already within us and will be provided for us as long as we keep moving forward into the next step so then we can see more clearly the path ahead of us and meet the people that we need to meet along the way, like I did with all of my different teachers and mentors and allies that that came along, you know. It's being willing to do that inner work for the outer mastery. It's really all about spiritual self-mastery and growing our soul. We're on this path of evolutionary growth massive accelerated changes especially this year now that Pluto is in an Aquarius at least till September and then come out for a little bit give us a couple months break and then it's in we're here for the 20 years we'll start seeing more and more this movement into those higher frequencies it'll become much easier so being patient with the process knowing it is all happening and just tuning into it little by little taking the time to connect consciously with your higher power with your own energy with your passion yeah (laughs) i love
1: that propel (laughs) you forward yeah yeah amazing yeah i mean you yeah you broke that down so beautifully because it's like i love the acronym again with the fog and the fear obligation guilt rather than coming back into alignment not not operating from those that that feel, but rather, I almost like I hear a lot of like divine blueprint or coming back into alignment. And and I know you mentioned inspired action. And sometimes we we hear these things that they just sound really good. But but how to actually do them each day is is a whole different story. We all want to like be in that place. But getting getting there step by step i guess each day is is really quite a process that we actually have to like like you said take the time and space step back and and create the space for us to even be able to move forward rather than from that place of anxiety and uh, just go, go, go and try and get there, get there. So I love that. And I'm curious about how how do you, what kind of transformations do you see with your clients? Like where, where does someone usually, where are they when they start with you? I know you mentioned the eight week course and then what kind of transformational results do you, do you really help people achieve at the other end? Because I know that people are starting to try and build their business or maybe heal through trauma or there's all different, there's all different directions that we see some of the benefits of this work. But I'm curious, like, yeah, what kind of like results and outcomes do you do you end up seeing in the work that you do?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, for me, it's, we can use the analogy of a bridge, right? And bridging the new paradigm, but also the bridge from who we were, to who we're becoming. And right. being able to go through that arc. But notice that you're going up and then you're also coming down. So it starts out, healing is not pretty, by the way. <laughs> you got to be willing to go through it. There's no bypassing it, right? need to go through that because being in that emotional spectrum, it's that energy and movement. It's where the enlightenment comes from, those revelations and the growth happen in that healing journey. And so as we walk along, we get to the heights of that and then we integrate it we recalibrate and we bring it down to everyday reality that best supports us now who we are now right and so as we're bridging that then we recognize that it's through our being that prompts the doing and in the doing that brings that brings the having right and so what they experience on the other side of that of the bridge is like oh this is like a whole new beginning They now have the courage to dream a new dream. They've reset their path and their purpose and they're feeling so aligned with who they are that they're learning to trust their inner knowing again, to be able to make their own decisions, to together we would have facilitated that healing, any healing thing that might have been blocking that success that they've been striving for and recognize what they really stand for being able to prioritize their time now on what they truly value so like having a to-be list instead of frantically desperately trying to get through their to-do list they're more focused on who they are how they're showing up in the world feeling that courage and the confidence and the curiosity of what else is possible so it opens up a whole new world it awakens them to a whole new dream and what they talk about is how inspired they now feel in their life how excited they are for what's to come, and how much more confident and in tune they are with what they do value, and being able to make choices that support living in alignment with that. And then, all of this for the ultimate outcome is really cultivating a model, an integrated, sorry, <laughs> it's cultivating a model of an integrated higher club living. So the key word in there is integration, integrated energy therapist. So it's taking those lower vibrational frequencies along with the higher vibrational frequencies and how we can move in tandem with that to to live our best life. But our best life isn't just all glory, success. Our best life is embracing every experience, every aspect of our being, not Mm -hmm. denying the parts that we may not. Think are good enough, not bypassing or overlooking shame and guilt and fear. Those are very real parts of us too. It's just the what energy do we want to be in? Right. And being able to move through that so we can move into a space of love and joy and enthusiasm and curiosity and passion. Right. So yes, yeah. So these are the things I hear. Just getting back in touch with their intuition, gaining insights, gaining a new lease on life, basically.
1: I love that. Yeah. And like you mentioned so much of this journey, you hear it, it's cliche, but you have to go through it, not around it. You can't bypass that work or put it, try and get around the work. If you have to go, what is the expression to go through it to heal it? Or I don't know. There's, there's a lot of those. I see like <laughs> you can't go around it basically in order for it to be fully integrated or even our ego, even when we talk about our ego work, we don't want to just push it down. and And that's kind of like, when you go through the dark night of the soul work you're really working on integrating it and fully embracing where where we have our darkest kind of demons and all of that so i i love i love that work that you do and you're helping people get to this higher consciousness state right that's where we all want to be sort of operating from when we're in alignment and and having our intuition, our internal guidance system more online rather than kind of disconnected and, and in just a less, a lack of state. So I love that. And tell me, I know you have your, your podcast as well is awaken and ascend, right? So people That's are, right. are listening to that. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about where people can go to, to learn more about your work, to learn, to hear more of your content, because I know that that's a great platform. I'm actually going to be on your show as well, so yes. I'm excited for that. <laughs> it's a great service for for anyone who's talking about spirituality and the work that you're doing in the world. And I just love hearing about how much change it's bringing and all the lives that you're that you're touching in between. So I'm I'm excited to be part of your your whole circle now of the connections in this. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah.
0: yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I accept that humbly because I'm just. I'm just here to to fulfill my own mission too, right? And so we're like Ram Das says, we're all just walking each other home. So I just love being able to bring people together. I feel like there's such a call for that right now, coming together as a collective to support all the accelerated changes. Everything that you just spoke about in the last couple of minutes for ourselves is actually happening in the world right now, right? That's exactly what's going on. All of the healing pains and the growth and the breaking down of the, Limitations and old ways of being into the new ways of being, the new paradigm, the higher consciousness, unity consciousness, as you so eloquently put it. And so Awaken and ascent can be found on YouTube. It's a YouTube show. Oh, nice. Because uh, I love seeing that people and <laughs> connecting. And so much of our conversation is actually nonverbal. And we miss a lot of that if we're just kind of casually listening. So, really being able to connect with people, see people, and have this whole talk show. So, you'll find Awaken in Ascent on YouTube. And there are some audio podcasts as well on Spotify under different names. But you'll find all of that and more on my website, which is lightingthepath.ca. And in there, too, I offer a monthly masterclass to ignite your passion. And you heard me talk about how I see passion, pass I on. And that's really to gather together and just um, talk about what that would look like and bring that spark back and what your eye might be and to really be able to to bring that out and look at some of the next steps forward in doing that. And so that's offered every month. So maybe we can put a link for everyone. Yeah, because whenever they're tuning in, they'll just catch the next one. So
1: <laughs> yeah, I love it's ongoing every month, you're having that and supporting people to find their their path. So I just I just love it. And I'm um, I have your website on there as well, and your YouTube channel, because that sounds awesome. I know I checked it out a little bit. And I also love interviewing people face to face. It's so important to get that energy. And I prefer like my YouTube yeah, <laughs> links and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's awesome. All right. Well, I know we're, we're wrapping it up here. Any final kind of thoughts or words of wisdom you'd like to share with the audience before we close, because this has been a great conversation. I know there's so many different directions we could have even gone I, I want to hear just so much more about your work and everything you do and I, I resonate with it so much you you actually inspire me also because I'm I feel like I'm in your your type of pool where we're all turning from past corporate career moving into our soul aligned work and so many of us are doing that right now so I just I'm so grateful to have you on the show and help spread the word and you know get our listeners more, even more engaged in, in what you're doing here. So yeah, I just oh, love it, Jennifer. Thank you so, thank much. You so yeah. much. Yeah, any any final yeah. thoughts or words of wisdom that you'd like to share before we wrap up? Yeah. I actually have a motto. It's something yeah. you'll
0: see sprawled across my homepage when you go there. And it's free your spirit to direct to direct the life you are meant to live. Free your spirit to direct the life that you are meant to live.
1: That I love that free your spirit. Yes, that's what we all want to do and live from that place rather than all of the negative programs that we're that we're trying to break down right now. And like like you said, this work is happening within. It's happening on the outside in our world. So it's just so important that we are all staying aligned and and keeping to our our soul's path here. So yeah, thank you so much, Jennifer. I really appreciate it, and I hope to have you back soon. Thank you so <laughs> much. It's episode. such an honor. Yeah, thank you. All right. Have a great day. Till next time. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode today. Please share your biggest takeaway with me via our community. For new listeners, thank you for tuning in. I invite anyone to explore the resources, links, and show notes available on my website, www.adinamovana.com. If a topic or discussion piqued your curiosity or interest today during the show, you can easily find it there at that website. And if you have any specific topics you would like me to cover, feel free to email me at em at Thank you again for joining me today and I look forward to connecting with you again next week on Into the Light.